0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: So have the Bucks made up their mind about Jameis Winston? And is a Gerald McCoy reunion possible? Could the Rays have blocked James Click's promotion to the Houston Astros? We've got your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, I'm sure you guys have all heard about Tampa Bay Downs, but if you haven't experienced for yourself, what's holding you back? Tampa Bay Downs has been a Tampa entertainment landmark since 1926. Now, Tampa Bay Downs offers more than just horse-loving, dirt-flying, hoof-thumping and jockey-riding good times. There's also something for everyone at Tampa Bay Downs. In addition to Thoroughbred Horse Racing, they have the No Limits Action in the Silks Poker Room, and you can work on your golf swing at the Downs Golf Practice Facility. There's Thoroughbred Horse Racing four days a week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and gates open at 11 o'clock. Post time is 1225, and the excitement is always fun and fast. All right, another big weekend at Tampa Bay Downs. Mike Henry joins us now. Uh, Festival Preview Day coming up and four stakes races, right, Mike?
2: Yes, Rick, we have a great card coming up. It's headed by the Grade 3, $250,000 Sam F. Davis stakes for a three-year-old. And it's a road to the Kentucky Derby prep race, uh, which means that uh, all the horses will be competing for points toward qualifying for the Kentucky Derby in May. We're actually the only Kentucky Derby, uh, road to the Kentucky Derby prep race being held this Saturday. So I think the eyes of the thoroughbred world will be on Tampa Bay Downs. Independence Hall is entering the Sam F. Davis as the undefeated favorite. He's three for three, but he'll uh, he'll have some tough competition. And that's what this sport's all about. We also have uh, some of the other top jockeys coming in, John Velasquez, uh, Jose Ortiz, Julian Lepero, and Joel Rosario.
1: That's awesome. And then you also have uh, the return of, of a uh, a jockey that people might be familiar with.
2: Well, indeed. Uh, Sun Lake High graduate Tyler Gafaleon. You know, his dad was also a jockey, Steve Gafaleon, mm-hmm. who had a lot of success at Tampa Bay Downs. But uh, Tyler won the Preakness last year on a horse named War of Will. Uh, he was also involved in the big controversy in the Kentucky Derby last year. None of it was his doing. But uh, Tyler will be riding a horse named Got Stormy in the Lambholm South Endeavor State. And this is a real quality horse. She's uh, won eight races in her career, $1.4 million in earnings. And she was a finalist for the Eclipse Award as one of the top uh, turf females last year. So uh be good to see Tyler back in action at Tampa Bay Downs.
1: There truly is something for everyone at Tampa Bay Downs. You can give them a call at 813-855-4401 or check out their website at tampabaydowns.com for more information on 2020 promotions and make plans to live it up at the Downs. All right, Steve, and another a bunch of uh, good mailbag questions here from our listeners, and uh, happy to get started with them.
3: All right, well, we'll start with Les, who asked, Rick, you know the Bucks. In your opinion, do you think they've made up their mind about Jameis Winston?
1: Well, that's kind of an interesting question. I mean, we all want to know that, right? But there's making up your mind, and then there's executing your plan. And I think sometimes those aren't always the one and the same. And let me explain. You know, remember when Bruce Arian said after the season, when he was asked about can you win with another quarterback, And he said, we can win with this one. Of course, we can win with another one. But you have to look at, you know, who's behind door number two. So when you say make up your mind, I don't think they have all the information to do that just yet. Because you have to have a plan, right? What's your plan if you decide to move away from Jameis Winston? Uh, The other thing is that this time of year, there's not a ton of dialogue between agents and teams right now I mean there is there are talks don't get me wrong but like let's say in the case of Shaq Barrett you would think well that's a no-brainer right why wouldn't they jump all over Drew Rosenhaus and start negotiating for a new deal for Shaq Barrett well because they don't have to yet you know because they have a little bit of time and those talks will happen probably in about two weeks or so by the time they get to the NFL combine in Indianapolis which is about February 23rd or so uh, that's where all the agents will be That's where all the teams, front office, and coaches will be. So it's a lot easier to arrange meetings with your GM and and your cap guy and that sort of thing when you're all in the same place. So if those talks haven't begun, then you can't begin to know, for example, what Joel Siegel thinks that Jameis Winston can fetch as a free agent or whether uh, he would accept less money to remain in Tampa. Um, They may have an idea. I mean, I'm not saying that no conversation has occurred, um, but I think... You know, we've talked about how you have to have certain dominoes right fall at any position. If you're talking about the quarterback position, all right, what's Drew Brees going to do? Because I think Drew Brees is a, is a big part of all of this, right? If he goes back to New Orleans, then Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be an unrestricted free agent. So that makes him available. If he doesn't go back to New Orleans, it's possible that they sign Teddy Bridgewater even though they still have Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill is restricted, so they have a little more control over him for a year at least, um, while they decide what to do. And then you know, does Tom Brady uh, want to leave New England, or is he going back there? If he goes back to New England, then he's not an option. If he if he makes himself available to take the tour, which I would expect, you know, if he if he does decide to leave, he'll probably want to be wine and dine and really, you know, much like Peyton Manning, examine sort of where his his best fit is um so you that might take some time so I don't think they have enough information now have they done their evaluation about Jameis do they have a, a feeling that you know in general that yes we think that in year two he will make a dramatic improvement and can get us to a Super Bowl they might have that feeling one way or the other or they might they might think. Yeah, you know, I I think there'll be marginal improvement, but I don't I don't think it's ever going to be good enough. And it's five years, and we should move on. That also might be a, a prevailing feeling. Um, so, you know, everything sort of changes, right? It's a sliding scale because you know they're they're picking 14th in the draft. Now, if they had a top five pick or a top three pick, and they could target a quarterback, this decision would be a lot easier, right? You probably lean towards moving on, um, and you could control that because you can control. Probably who's going to be there for you if you're like one, two, or three quarterbacks at 14? That's not easy. Now they could say, "Now we're going to draft a quarterback, maybe at least by the second or third round," but you know that's that's not who you're going to start next year. So all of that is a long way of saying I I think that they know what they want to do. I don't know that they know that they can execute it, and so you have to have more than one one plan. You got to have some parallel tracks here. Because this is a fluid situation. What if, for example, Tom Brady um, or his representatives called at some point, even before the legal tampering period in March, and said, "Hey, Tom, Tom's looked around and he thinks he thinks the talent in Tampa is where he wants to be, and we got to make this happen. He really wants to go to Tampa Bay. Well, that's that. That might change your ideas, right? So, um, all of that." could or may have not happened yet or may happen uh, down the road a few weeks but i think we're still early too early if if you if you press them and said what are you doing Jameis back or not i I don't think they could tell you with any any absolutes right now because i just don't think that they've you know they don't have all the information yet both about what the market's going to be and sort of maybe even for that matter what what is thinking
3: well david asked are you sick of talking about Jameis winston and contract talks
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, the contract talk bit is interesting, but it, it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I think, I don't think you're ever going to get, you know, a compromise on a multi-year deal for James. The one, the one thing I, like, if you ask me sort of where I think this is headed, if James comes back, my guess, and it's it's just my best guess is that he plays for a franchise tag. Now, that would require them to have had, have signed Shaq Barrett because I don't think they're going to let him just walk. You know, they might need to tag for Shaq Barrett. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be – the meeting of the minds is going to be difficult with Jameis because I think, you know, there'll be a, a uh, desire on behalf, on behalf of the Bucks. they've said as much, to find a way to keep that defense together, you know, to get Ndamukong Sue back, to get Jason Pierre-Paul back, to – to pay Shaq Barrett, who's going to require a big, big money. Without that, even if you do get Jameis Winston back, you're not going to be any good. You know, your defense isn't going to be probably close to what it was last year. Now they got a draft, and they probably will, you know, address some defensive line positions in that draft. But that doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, as as good as you were last year. Frankly, there's no guarantee you're going to be good even if those guys come back, right? Because they're all older players, and every year is different, and people get hurt, and so on and so forth. I mean is Shaq Barrett if you re-sign him going to lead the NFL with 19 and a half sacks next year. Eh, probably not. I would bet I would bet not. Um however, you still got to find a way to maintain, you know, as much talent as you can when you have 19 free agents. Your team's going to be dramatically different. So, the best thing to do is see how many of your own guys you can afford. Um so yeah, I, you know, it, it's just I I think I think we're we're still a couple weeks away from really knowing how the Bucks plan to attack this, but, but there's some dominoes that have to fall first. And no, I'm not really tired of talking about it. It's just, there's not much really, we can't kick the can down the road too far at this point.
3: Austin asks if Tom Brady does become a free agent and signs with the Raiders, is Derek Carr an option that the Bucks could consider?
1: I would think he would be. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that Derek Carr is, is going to accept you know, being a backup quarterback now, I'd, I'd have to look at his contract situation and see, you know, if, if the Raiders, um, you know, would take on dead money if they traded him or, or what, you know, what exactly that means. But um, I, I don't I think Derek Carr is a starter in this league, and I think he's established that now, you know, if you're going to if you're going to sign Tom Brady, you have an asset if you're the Raiders before the draft that you could absolutely unload for some significant draft picks. The question is, what's the compensation? Because you've got to pay Derek Carr, and then you've got to pay the compensation for him if he's under, and I believe he is under contract. Yeah, he's got three more
3: years on his deal. Yeah. Uh, the dead cap hit this year would be $7.9 million.
1: Okay. Not great. I mean, that's not great. The, the Raiders would have to take that on. Um, but you have them. The good news is you have them for three years now. They're going to probably want – and don't you know <clears throat> don't kill the messenger, they're gonna want at least a number one and then some for the guy. You know? I mean he's a starting quarterback. So um at a friendly, con-
3: you know, he's what, making about twenty million a year, just under twenty million a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which a fr- is that's a, a friendly quarterback rate.
1: It's a friendly quarterback. You got you're in control of him for three years. It's a it's a it's a below, you it's know, below so you franchise market. Right. <clears throat> exactly. You paid you pay Jameis more than that. So that the contractual part of it you like, but he's not a free agent, right? So that that's the part that that's difficult because they they can absolutely and probably would try to you know try to deal him for uh, for some high compensation, at least the number one, maybe several number ones. Who knows? Um, Derek Carr would would probably be a guy that a lot of teams would be interested in. But yeah, I think under that scenario, the Raiders would recognize that they have an asset and he wants to be a starter and would would try to get as much as many draft books as they could.
3: All right, Ben asks: Is a Gerald McCoy reunion possible? If Indomie and Sue wants too much money, maybe.
1: Well, this they file this under the "you never say never," um, but I don't think it's likely to happen. Um, look, Gerald McCoy said that he, you know, once a buck, always a buck. He's going to be in the Ring of Honor. He's going to retire, you know, as a Buccaneer. He made that clear when he went to Carolina. Uh, the first thing that has to happen is Gerald has to decide if he wants to play, and and to do that, he needs opportunity. So. Assuming there was opportunity here for whatever reason, either in Sue doesn't play or wants to play somewhere else, um, they would need a defensive tackle. But I think looking at Todd Bowles' defense, you know, could Gerald McCoy play in this defense? Of course he could. He could play in any defense. Is he really well suited for it? No. Um, they've got Beatavia. They got a big body. They want to put another big body inside. You know, in the three-four, that's just sort of what you prefer to do, right? You prefer to have those guys clog up the middle and be run stoppers and, and create one-on-ones on the outside for your linebackers and your edge rushers. Um, so I, I think after watching this defense for a year, I don't think he's a great fit. I think Bruce Arians knew that. I think Todd Bowles knew that. Uh, not that Joe can't play the run. He can. Um, but, you know, he even in Carolina, his, his snap, the percentage of, of uh, defensive snaps went down. Um, and so for that reason – you know, he had five sacks. I mean, he can still get after the passer. Um, but, but I don't think his strength is, is what they would want inside. So, you know, they evaluated this before. That's why, you know, they, they moved on from him and, and signed Sue instead. Um, like I said, you never say never, but I, I'd put it at less than
3: 5%. Yoav asks, Indomitian Sue is in Israel now. Do you think the note he pushed to the whaling wall had something to do with him wanting to remain a Buccaneer?
1: what an interesting question i first of all i didn't know he was in israel but thanks for the travel advice uh he's look he's a world traveler man what do you get he got um i believe engaged was it in rome or france last year or something yeah he was like at that? the french open i thought he did it or, yeah or went so, there right
3: afterwards one of the two
1: yeah and he proposed and um this is who indomicon sue is he's a he's a he's a renaissance man he's a guy that has a lot of interest and um I don't know what he put in the wailing wall. I really, I really don't. I'd be surprised if it was career oriented, though. I don't look. It it's might not be post
3: football career oriented. Who knows?
1: Exactly. Yeah, he could be wishing for that. He's a, you know, he he's somebody that would like if he, if he came out tomorrow and said I'm I've had a nice career. I'm done playing football. Wouldn't shock me in the least. Now I've mm-hmm. talked to Todd Bowles and some others. They think he wants to play. Um, all outward you know, sort of signs were that he enjoyed himself playing in Tampa, that, that, and he played pretty well. I mean, he really did play pretty well. Now, again, you know, the sacks have gone down every year he's played in the league, and I always say, you know, don't expect the guy when he gets older to become more productive because he probably won't. But does, does Sue have something left, um, you know, to give them for one more year until they develop a defensive tackle? Now, you know, they could draft one in the first round, right? And so his reps would go down, but you still need a rotation, it comes down to compensation. You know what happens with these guys, and this happened last year with McCoy and Sue to some degree. Your brand is only, is worth so much, right? And this 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 was a case way back when Derek Brooks was um, was released by the Bucks. Um, if you can remember that, I mean they released Derek Brooks, um, and Derek still thought he had some football in him. But it's some there's a number, and each guy has to figure this out for himself. You know, for, for suing those guys last year in McCoy, it was around $9 million, million they were going to play. Okay, we're in. Yeah, oh, yeah, nine million, we're in. If you'd have gotten to 6000000 million, eh, I'm not sure either one of them plays. You know, at some point you have enough money, and if you have to live in another city than the one that's not your home, that's going to take part of it. If you have, you know, the taxes are going to take half of that contract anyway. Um, and so, you know, you find out that, you know, you're playing – and and the preparation that these guys have to go through in the off season, especially at their age to to get ready to play a, a sixteen and who knows maybe down the road seventeen game season or if you get in the playoffs more, is a, is a hell of a lot. You know like that's that's the part they have to commit to. It's not Sunday for three hours, and they all want to play Sunday for three hours. You know, like me, I want to go cover games on Sunday for three hours. It's the rest of the week I can't stand. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's it's sort of you know, where is that number get to where they're like, yeah, yeah, the money's not out there for me. I'm not going to do it now. I don't know, you know, what the bucks are thinking. If they're thinking, Hey, yeah, nine and a half million sounds good to me. Let's do this again. Then you would assume that won't be an impediment, but there'll be a number. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that, uh, they, they, both those guys will want to play. Um, but I haven't asked Gerald McCoy. I Haven't heard that he, you know. I think he'll announce his retirement. He's not bashful about news about himself. Um, so right now, you know, neither one has a team.
3: Obed asks, "Will there be any changes to the uniforms for the Bucks this season?"
1: Um, God, i i almost I almost hope there will be, so we can stop talking about it. But then I'm I'm quite certain that if they did change them, then everybody will be hating on them, and they'll. They'll be, you know, asking for them to change them immediately again. So this no, you got to wait five
3: more years. I mean, that's the NFL rules. Yeah, it's
1: it's usually a minimum. Yeah, once you make a dramatic change, unless it's just a helmet or something, you do have to wait. And they, you know, the marketing and it takes. Look, they do so much research and development, you know, and, and they do a, a bunch of uh, of you know different. All you have to do, if you if you ever get a chance to go to the to the uh, Spectrum Health Center or whatever it's called nowadays, one buck place. Health. Advent health. Oh yeah. what I call it? Spectrum? Sorry. Wrong <laughs> advertiser. Advent health. God help me. Advent health center, um, training center. If you go inside the lobby over there, um, there's a great display like, uh, of all the prototypes they went through and the different combinations they considered when they made the change from the cream sickles to the, to the pewter and red. And it's fascinating because I keep seeing all these uniform prototypes, you know, that people are throwing out there on, on uh, you know on on twitter and different places and of course we ran uh, the tampa Bay times ran a uh, you know submit your coloring book variety whatever uh and really almost all of those were tried and rejected for one reason or another by focus groups by the nfl um you know now could they come back to some combination of that sure but you know it's not as if they haven't been down this road before okay uh i i don't I don't think they're just going to, you know, wholesale go back to the orange or back to, you know, the bucko Bruce Earl Flynn uh, logo, you know, with the stiletto in his mouth and all that. I, I don't see that happening. Um, could there be changes in the, you know, the alarm clock numbers or something like that? Yeah. You know, could could you see more of the original pewter in red that, you know, was worn by the Super Bowl team that, you know, didn't have the softball-like sleeves? Yeah. Um, but I don't. I'm not aware of anything. Doesn't mean that they haven't been working on something. But they would have had to have start probably even before you know people like our staff member Thomas Passenger were after them about changing uniforms. I don't. For those of you who are young, which I hope there are uh, plenty that listen to this podcast, um, when the Bucks wore the orange, they were ridiculed more than any team in the NFL. I find it fascinating. I really do. How. Those uniforms have become so beloved in their absence because, to be honest with you, it's usually whether the team is playing well or not. I mean, how many issues do you have to get to before you just throw your hands up and say, it's the uniforms? It, you know, if we could just change these god-awful uniforms, it, it really, you know, when, when, they were, when they were bad, as in 0-26 bad, you know, they were fodder for every late night talk show both everything and and a lot of it focused on how they looked um, and how they played. But then when they started winning like in 79 and made it to the NFC championship game, hell, I was a, you know, I was a kid. I was a fan, you know, back then. And, and, um, you know, I, I was, you know, nobody, nobody had a problem wearing orange and then they started losing again and everyone made fun of them. So I've, I've seen these incarnations back and forth and I'm just here to tell you, this to me is a better uniform, whatever the hell they're wearing, than that, than the cream circle. Now, for a throwback, for a Sunday or two, and the league won't let you do it unless you, you know, everybody can wear the same helmet. And clearly, the helmet they have now, if it was white, and they could, you know, change a logo or something, then then they could wear that. But the helmet they have, you know, with the silver and the and the and, and all that, um, is not what they wore, you know, with the orange jerseys and such. So they don't wear the throwbacks anymore. But it was cool for a game or two. I just, I think, you know, can we keep our eye on the ball here? I mean, if you're, and it's interesting, right? Everybody likes to talk about fashions and, you know, they all come back eventually. You know, what you wore in the 80s will be hot tomorrow and then, you know, and then it'll, it's just cyclical. So, um, but I, I don't know that there are any plans. Haven't heard that. Don't know that I would have heard it, but there's, there's so much, so much opposition to the ones they have, I guess, or at least the people that, are responding to, um, you know, to some of the, the Twitter suggestions that uh, maybe the Bucks will think about it. But unless they've been at it for a couple years now, probably long before anybody was crying to change them, um, you won't see them this year that I know of.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
3: Having already lost Heim Bloom to Boston, could the Rays have blocked James Click's promotion to the cheating Astros, or should they have?
1: Well, they could have, from what I understand, in talking to Mark Topkin. Um, but that also would have been a, a really a bad thing to do, <laughs> I guess, um, just from a protocol standpoint. Here's a guy that has a chance to move up, I and mean, mm-hmm. I mean, way up as a general manager. There's only what thirty of these teams in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. so be very tough i I think uh, you'd have one really disgruntled employee if if somebody comes and says, "Hey, we want this guy, and we want him to interview you know to become general manager and you tell him no mm-hmm. um, also but, becomes
3: hard to recruit employees in the future yeah
1: who's your next guy right and, and the guy that's working there now that's taking his job is thinking, hmm, you know I have no chance of advancement here if they're going to keep somebody in front of me so um they could have said no but it but since it's not fair, it'd be pretty outrageous to deny him that chance and um, I, I don't see them ever doing it. Again, I think it's a it's a compliment to the Rays organization. I also think it's really short-sighted of Major League Baseball to come down on the Houston Astros for cheating, for, for making the World Series a fraud, essentially, right? Not, not vacating the title. Um, finding the owner, you know, $5 million, big deal. How much money did they make by winning the World Series? A hell of a lot more than that. Uh, you fire the GM and the manager, which, you, can, you know, you can get one um, in 15 minutes, and, and, and yet you allow them to go t- hire somebody from another organization. That, that's the part where baseball should have, should have thought about this and said, you know, why are we going to punish, especially right before spring training, another organization um, who's going to lose a guy like James Click um, because the Astros cheated and now they need a GM, and maybe they've even gotten a better one than the one they fired. And and you further weaken the team that you cheated to beat in the first place. I mean, none of it makes sense to me. So, you know, bad on Major League Baseball. I know Sternberg is ticked off. He should be. Um, and, you know, the good news is that, you know, the Rays have been obviously very good at identifying great baseball talent in their front office and in their organization because everybody keeps hiring them, you know, Chain Bloom and others. And so, um, you know, hopefully – uh, they they have more in the pipeline, but you know at some point, um, you know it's gonna it's gonna certainly erode, um, you know the great minds that they have in that organization if if they're allowed and just keep going and, um, you know the the, the Astros part though is really galling because that's that's another team in the American League that, you know, you just lost to in five games in the playoffs last year.
3: Matt asked. Will Stu Sternberg's insistence on the Montreal plan make the casual Rays fan even less motivated to attend games this year? Or will the success of last season, especially the postseason attendance, help with the attendance this year?
1: Boy, that's a great question. I guess I guess we'll have to see. If I had to guess, there won't be much difference either way. Um, you know, it had been a long time since the Rays had been in the playoffs. and And, and I've always said this, I think Tampa – especially when it comes to baseball and and lately you know the nfl it's been 12 years but in, in a lot of ways you know this be, this is a thing to do type of place right like the lightning are hot everybody goes to the lightning and i still think the lightning would do well because i think hockey's a niche sport there's a lot of midwesterners canadians that would go and, and fill up the lower bowl with you know Detroit, Red Wings sweaters. If even if the Lightning weren't playing particularly well, that's you know it's an eighteen thousand seat arena, whatever. The but with, when it comes to the Bucks or particularly the Rays, I think they have to be in the playoffs. I think they have to be red hot. I think they. I mean, look, I mean they won ninety something and then ninety six games back to back and nobody came. So what would they have to do? Yeah, it was nice to see them in the playoffs, and, and it really was. Now I hope for people that went to games uh, three and four, um, you know, really got the fever, you know what I mean? Because um, that's a great, that's a, that's a great, you know, ball club that they put on the field now. And now that's changing, you know, they made some, some changes obviously in the off season, but um, you know, this is a good team. If you can put the three pitchers, I think they're going to have out there, they're going to have a chance to win, you know, every night when those guys are on the mound. And so, um, you would like to think that there'll be more people, but will it make a significant difference? No, because I don't think, I don't think the major thing, it's never been about the product, right? I mean, we just, we just, you know, talked about the num- the number of uh, managers and, and front office people. And, and for that matter, players that have moved on from here, they've had great talent. They've had a good product. There's something more than that to this. and, I could see people staying away and saying, you know, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to give this guy my money or my, you know, my loyalty because he's trying to move the team to Montreal. But I could also see, you know, for, if you were part of that group of 40,000 fans, you might want more of that, that feeling, you know? Um, But you're, but you don't get it really, unless there's a good crowd there. I mean, you know, it's, you don't see that building full very often. So we may not see it again. I mean, hopefully, hopefully they do. Hopefully, you know, if you're a Rays fan, you go, and um, the team is, you know, gets off to a hot start, and they play a Yankees series, and they, you know, they draw well, and they beat them, and then they play a Red Sox series. And, you know, if, you, if, if you're at the all-star break in first place, the American League East, I think they'll do well. But um, we've seen them have good records before, and they still were at or near the bottom of attendance. So I, I don't really see that changing much.
3: Well, and as we tape this podcast, the Yankees announced that James Paxton, their left-handed pitcher, is out three to four months undergoing back surgery. Woo. And then wow. yesterday, the Red Sox Red and Dodgers Sox. with a big mm-hmm. trade where Mookie Betts and David Price get moved to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So what was your thoughts on that trade?
1: I don't get the Mookie Betts thing. I mean, I guess there's only so much money to go around. I know they owed, they owed David Price a lot of money, and some of that uh, they're going to have to pay even, even though they did trade him. Now I don't know how much price has left in the tank, you know. Andrew Friedman is very familiar with him, obviously, and I don't know the prospects they got back. It seems to me that Chain Blue, and he's getting killed, by the way. You imagine going in there and saying, "Hey, I'm the new GM of the Red Sox. Yeah, um, my first order of business, I'm going to trade our best player to the Dodgers." Well, <laughs>
3: a, a couple things on that, and and you can blame him all you want, but owner John Henry's made it very clear he wants to be under the luxury tax this year, which That's is right. two hundred and five million. Yep uh Mookie Betts made it clear he wanted to test free agency next year Mm -hmm. so you were only guaranteed one more year of him
1: right and so you have to do the work right you have Mm -hmm. to decide if we can't sign him and and those two goals aren't the same I want to be under the luxury luxury tax and and this guy's going to ask for as much money as he can get and we can't afford him this is your last year of control so this is the year you get prospects now I don't know you know and does anybody really know if the prospects they got back will develop? If they got enough for him, um, I've read various things. You know, that time they, will tell they,
3: on that. I mean, they got some high-end prospects, right? But, but
1: whether they were, you know, enough for Mookie Betts, I don't. I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows. But you know, I think the business side of baseball, and and if anybody's familiar with it, it's the Rays and Chamber. You know, I mean, those guys live this all the time. They're the ones that traded David Price in the first place. They did it every year and they did it every year and they remain competitive doing it every year, you know? Um, so, you know, you, you buy low and sell high. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. how you replenish your organization. You know, you, you get great young prospects to come up through your minor league system by unloading guys when they're at or near the end of their careers. And, and when the money doesn't, you know, match the production. So, um, I think, think they've made that evaluation on David Price and with Mookie Betts you know it's it's tough you can't pay everybody so Mm -hmm. you know that's that's just the business of the game the interesting
3: part to me is the Dodgers didn't need hitting they need pitching right I mean you lost Ryu to Toronto Mm -hmm. Clayton Kershaw is not getting younger
1: right you know and and, well they got David Price they got
3: David Price but I you know if I'm the Dodgers I'm I'm you know how much how much is left in David Price's tank I, mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, he's a good pitcher, and and he'll he'll eat some innings and and do that. But mm-hmm. you know, they're they need lockdown pitchers in right. the playoffs. Is what they need, right? You know that their offense was already one of the best in baseball. And, and granted, you got a chance to add Mookie Betts. I guess if you got the Dodgers and the money's not the issue, then go ahead and add him because he's a phenomenal player.
1: I mean, you could argue he's one of the top three to five players in baseball. So mm-hmm. you you've gotten a guy that's and he's young and and you know. You're still, it is L.A., right? L.A., remember this about L.A. It's the land of stars out there. There's a reason LeBron James is playing in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you've got lots of stars in L.A., and, and that's what sells. And so getting a Mookie Betts with his reputation is probably going to help the Dodgers be the Dodgers.
3: Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, look, I mean, does he make their team better? Absolutely. Sure. But what they're missing and, you know, granted, right. you could say cheating is why they've lost the last two World Series. But the other part <laughs> is they need more pitching. Yeah. And and yeah. this trade didn't address that. Now, I mean, they could still make more moves than that. But, yeah. you know, I still think they need to find a pitcher at some point.
1: Uh, I would agree.
3: All right. Malik asks, what will happen first? The Lightning win two more Stanley Cups or the Bucks win a playoff game?
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that is such a loaded question that it's sort of like are you still beating your wife isn't it? Um, and there's no good answer here. I can't. All right, I, I, I'll, I'll say the. Pro- I'll say the, the. How p- about the
3: Lightning win one Stanley Cup? With yeah, I mean the
1: two Stanley Cups would be. I mean they've only won one in their history, and they're so damn hard to win anyway. Um, the, if you gave me that choice, and he just did, I'll say that the Bucks will win a uh, will win a playoff game. Um, before the Lightning win two Stanley Cups. Um, even though even if they win one this year, I'll even give you this year's Stanley Cup and I'll say the Lightning would win a playoff game before they'd win the next Stanley Cup. How's that? Um, and and it's, it is, look, it's mind-boggling. <clears throat> I've said this, we can't have nice things in Tampa Bay. I don't know how you can, I mean, we've seen the Browns do it. We saw the Bills do it for years and they broke through. I don't know how you can be in the NFL – and have everything going your way, right? Every it's a competitive balanced league. You have a salary cap. You can only spend so much money on player contracts. You've got the draft. If you if you are at the bottom, you pick first. You've got free agency. Everybody can sign players um, through free agency. And yet, uh, these this franchise has managed to you know go twelve years without without the playoffs and have only made had two winning seasons. So I don't know how you do it, but they've done it. Um, and the Lightning are a really, really good organization. And, boy, I like the way they're playing now, huh?
3: no Oh, absolutely. They're playing really well now. Yeah, and how about I mean, look, uh, Andre Vasilevsky ties the franchise record, 16 whoa. straight starts with a point.
1: Incredible. 14-0-2. Four, yeah,
3: so Javi Bulin went 12-0-4 in the o two o three 2 3 season.
1: Right. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, Tuesday, mean,
3: Tuesday night, the Lightning did not play very well. No. A- actually, let me clarify that. They didn't play very well with the puck. I thought they played very well away from the puck, which is why they stayed in that game and ended up beating Vegas four to two.
1: They needed they needed their goaltender to play big, though, because they dominated. I mean, you know, I thought that Las Vegas dominated the game, certainly in terms of shots and chances.
3: Mm -hmm. But I, I thought the lightning played well without the puck. They just couldn't hold on to the puck. Right. The puck was all over the place and, and they couldn't complete the passes. Got and, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and credit Vegas too. Vegas came in on a roll. I mean, they Vegas had come in, they had manhandled Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh they Vegas was on a roll coming into this game. And, and right. they came out in the first period and showed it.
1: They were flying. And then I thought that the lightning about the second or third period got their legs back. You know, they had that mm-hmm. long road trip mm-hmm. and they were just kind of like in mud a little bit. They were getting out and skated like crazy. And then all of a sudden, it just became this furious, like... It was entertaining as hell, because both these teams can really skate. And, and then I thought the Lightning matched their speed, you know, after a while. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, they were a little, little heavy-legged, yeah. I thought.
3: But this schedule now for the Lightning, there's good and bad of it. The good is is that it's more of your conventional
1: schedule. Every other day.
3: It's a, well, yeah. every other day, but it's a couple home games, and a couple road games, and a couple home games, and a couple... You're not on these gotcha. long trips. But right. the next opponents are Pittsburgh the Islanders, mm-hmm. Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. the Penguins, mm-hmm. Edmonton, Philly, Colorado, Vegas and Arizona and Toronto. Wow. All playoff teams. Wow. Your next I think 10 games are or, or 9 or 10 games are basically all play I think Toronto's technically just outside the playoffs but they're they're right there that I mean mm-hmm. you, you know your next 9 or 10 games are all against teams that are essentially in the playoffs or a point out.
1: Yeah. Well, good. I mean, so, because all those mm-hmm. teams are playing the playoff team when they come to play lightning. I mean, they're well, saying that's too. that's a Stanley Cup team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good time. End of the season. Start begin to measure yourself. I mean, they're playing really good hockey. You don't know how long they can stay this hot, but, um, you know, well, I don't,
3: yeah, they're hot right now. I don't know if they're playing as well as they were before the bye. Right. By week in the break. I mean, I well, think they, may
1: get, they may get back there, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now,
3: Jan Ruda's injury, that's going to be. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that looks bad. Um, it's week to week at this point. look
1: like a knee, didn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it it did not look good. I, I How come that imagine.
1: wasn't a penalty? Did you see that play? I mean, how come did the guy did lost just his lose edge. his skate? He, yeah, okay, he, lost he lost his edge, edge and kind
3: of, you know, fell in Kind him. of hit him from the side. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't. Okay. I mean,. You know, maybe he was going a little fast into into the boards there, but yeah, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't anything intentional. It was he lost an edge and yeah, you know, kind of yeah. fell into him.
1: Forget they're on ice. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> yeah, that's the trick of this whole game. Is well, I mean, they make it look sometimes it like they're not. I mean, that's they what, really that's do. I mean, you you totally forget, and and I hate to say that. I okay, years ago, I could get on a, on an ice rink and I could sort of shimmy my way around, I could even get on one foot, then the other, you know, look like I wasn't going to fall. The other day, what was it? We were in Chicago for something, and the kids wanted to, they went to someplace, and it was around Christmas time, and they went skating, and I said, oh, I've done this. I'm telling you, it's, just, <laughs> it's the scariest thing in the world. I look like a three-year-old. It was uh, it was so bad that it took me so long just to get back to the door, hanging onto the wall almost.
3: Did you need the walkers to... to-
1: I wish oh, I had you know, them. The, the, I yeah. wish I had had the walkers. <laughs> I, I I was going to take one from this little kid just to get back to the gate. <laughs> it used to be hard, It used to be something I was athletically equipped to do. I'm telling you, you forget, you forget these guys are on ice when you watch them play. Like this is not a safe thing. This is this is a blade, okay, on a slippery ice surface. <laughs> this is not this is not easy to do. So yeah, we forget that. But uh, yeah, he lost his edge. So.
3: All right, we got one final question, and it kind of, uh, it's another, you know, in your opinion, yeah. what happens first. But yeah. Jen DeWin asks, in your opinion, which curse will be broken before the other one, a Bucs playoff berth or a USF conference championship?
1: Mm. Wow, that's a great one. Um, well, I think USF could probably get there in two to three years. If Jeff Scott gets things going now, you know, this is his first recruiting class, so by the time they're juniors, boy, again, though, you, you hate, I mean, you hate to think the Bucks will go 15 years without a playoff I, mean only, I mean, only
3: Cleveland's gone longer at this point.
1: I know. And, and, and they didn't they, say
3: a win, they said a berth, so that's different. A
1: berth, so that's a little... I mean, like hmm. we were
3: talking earlier about the the. the but Bucks I mean, how wins.
1: hard is it? Seriously, how hard is it for USF to win the American Athletic Conference? They've I never mean, won that... their
3: conference championship. USF has okay. never won one.
1: Okay. They've, they've had been good
3: close, teams. though, right? They've had good teams, but they've, they've never finished even, you second know... a few times. I mean, maybe? let's look. At, I mean, the American Athletic Conference they're in.
1: Okay, Memphis. Uh, we got Memphis. We got uh, what, Cincinnati, Houston, Houston Cincinnati, SMU, Temple, SMU, Temple's better, UCF. So they're yeah, UCF. So they're about. Five or six in the conference right now, right?
3: Um, you so know, I mean, I would. You know, it depends on how well you think day. Jeff Scott's going to improve the team. I mean,
1: you yeah, know. I think he's going to do really well. Don't you? Oh, I, I think so too. Of course, I, don't, I thought I Kerwin Bell that. was going to do really well as an offensive coordinator there, and it didn't happen. Well, so.
3: uh, you know, they got to figure out a quarterback. I mean, that's yeah, that's what that's most teams sure. you know lack first, and then you figure yeah. out the rest around that, but.
1: I'll say the Bucks make a playoff. Well,
3: I mean it'll be interesting if if Cincinnati loses their head coach cuz Mark Dantonio retired yeah, yesterday. Yeah, what about how about that? And it's nice of him to wait till after he gets the 4.3 million dollar bonus. Well, wouldn't for you? Being on staff I mean, 2 weeks ago. Oh, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying convenient.
1: But how about the rec- <laughs> how about the guys, you know, you're at signing day and all the guys are, "Yo, I going to play for Mark Dantonio." Wait a minute, you're leaving now? And then, you know, talk about rating other programs like some team that's counting on their head coach. He's going to lose them.
3: Cincinnati's the most likely with Luke Fickle. Yeah, and or or Pat Narduzzi lot. at Pittsburgh could go back. He was a defensive coordinator at Michigan State for years. Right, uh, he could go back there. But yeah, I mean, some schools going to, you know, lose a coach now. Most likely. I mean, I, they could promote within. I guess, but
1: yeah, that's tough. I'll say the Bucks will make the playoffs before the before USF actually wins, and the the question is, wins? yeah, it was win a conference championship, a so conference it championship. So I'll say, you know that doesn't mean that USF won't do well or play for the the title or something. But uh, I'll say I'll say the Bucks get in, and I don't, and I'm only saying that because I think I think before Bruce Arians' time is done here, he will find a way to make the playoffs. He's always made the playoffs. In fact, last year was uh, was the outlier for him, you know. Mm-hmm um so well and they were second, they were seven
3: and seven halfway through this you know or two yeah, games they, to go and then Jameis kind of threw the last two away but
1: right they would have had a winning record they wouldn't make like last year the nfc everybody had 12 wins or more it was a weird year some years you get you can get in believe it or not a nine and seven will get you in mm-hmm. um well last in, year, in this coming season competing.
3: you know drew Brees retires this division's oh, up yeah. for grabs
1: Sure, it is. And Absolutely. you think you
3: could go eight and eight or nine and seven and get in the playoffs potentially? Yeah,
1: I don't think it's a very good division. Now, now you might have truly. I think if you're if you're in the NFC South, you have to win the division to get in. I don't think anybody goes in there thinking that you know because now the end you know and this is cyclical right. But the NFC West with Seattle with mm-hmm. San Francisco with the Rams and with Arizona, who's going to get better under Kyler Murray? All of a sudden, like that's a really tough division, right? So those teams could beat up on each other, but they could also beat up on the entire NFC. And you could have a scenario where you had this year where there's a bunch of teams with 11-12 wins. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, the only way to guarantee you're in the playoffs right. is to win your division.
3: No, but wasn't it just, I think it was, what, three seasons ago, the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons all made it from the NFC They South. all three made it, yeah. It was just three years ago.
1: Right. But and this, that's and this what I year mean. it was it's,
3: the Saints clinched the division so early.
1: Right. Yeah, and Atlanta, yeah. and and, but the other teams weren't very good i mean it looked like carolina was going to make it they were five and two at one point and then Mm -hmm. the wheels fell off Mm -hmm. they fired rivera so you just don't know but um this is a this is an opportunity now again i mean even though the bucks went seven and nine probably should have been nine and seven they they got too many you know i mean if i were writing a preview based on what they don't have right now they don't have jason pierre paul they don't have indomicon sue and they don't have Chuck barrett so You have to assume all those guys are not only back, but that they play. No, they don't necessarily have Jameis Winston. Sort of at a high, at a high level. You know what I mean?
3: And they don't have Jameis Winston at this point. And they they don't have Jameis.
1: Other than the quarterback, yeah. (laughs) The whole defensive line, sure. Why not? Put them down for thirteen wins next year. Yeah. Now you know if a man named Brady comes in here, then everything's going to change. But we can't have nice things, right? So
3: that's what you always say.
1: say. We can see what happens. Anyway, great questions today, as always. I uh, love the mailbag segments. Hope you guys enjoy them, too. And um, you don't have to wait for a mailbag. You can always contact us anytime you have a question. And you can do that on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at dot com. And, uh, hey, folks, if you haven't been out to Tampa Bay Downs, what's been holding you back? I mean, we know that they're a great entertainment landmark. They've been here since 1926. They don't just have horse racing, you know, although that happens uh, every Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But they also have, you know, poker. You can do no-limits action in the Silks Poker Room, or you can work on your golf swing at the Downs Golf to Golf Practice Facility. There truly is something for everyone at Tampa Bay Downs, and it is the premier destination for multi-entertainment on Florida's Gulf Coast. You can call Tampa Bay Downs at 813-855-4401, or you can check out, their website at tampabaydowns.com for more information and 2020 promotion. So make sure and make some plans to live it up at the downs. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.